Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we're going to get into a fun conversation that I always enjoy, a discussion around gold and silver, where we kind of dive into a little bit deeper than that, actually, um, kind of what's going on in the economy, what's what's really happening you know, with fractional reserve banking, why we're seeing some of the issues in the banking market. But really, this stemmed from a question in a group that I was speaking to uh, about gold and silver specifically. And gold and silver... Uh, number one, I'm a fan of. I have been for a long time. When you just, you know, when you just hold a piece of gold. If you haven't bought an ounce of gold, I encourage everybody to go out and buy an ounce of gold. If you can't afford it, buy an ounce of silver. Silver might actually be a better investment anyway. Um, but when you get your hands on real money, there's just something that happens. At least it does to me, where I'm like, okay, this is real. Everything else is fake. Anyway, we start talking about a lot of that in this episode today, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Unless I need money, I'm not selling gold or silver ever. I sold some silver, I don't know, a year ago because I had a better place for it. And I'm sitting here wondering if I should have sold all that silver. (laughs) So the way that I look at gold and silver, at some point in time, gold and silver are going to take off like like a rocket. It might be three years from now. It might be three months from now. It might be 20 years from now. When, when we get to the point where this system starts peeling apart, that's going to be an amazing day to own gold and silver. Gold and silver is being artificially um, suppressed and has been for years. Also, if you look at, if you just look at the amount of actual silver and gold, versus the amount of dollars that have claimed against it, there's no, there's not even enough in existence. Never even been enough mined. So there's like, and don't quote me on this number, but there's like $8 claims for every actual dollar of gold ever like mined. And it's because just like anything else, like fractional reserve banking, you know, with fractional reserve banking, you put $100 in a bank and that bank loans out nine. Well, actually, as of COVID, they can loan out 10. They're, they like did away with the complete reserve system. And during COVID, they like threw it out the window. So, you know, you put $100 in the bank. And as long as you're the only one that goes to get your $100 out out of 10 of us, then it's fine. But if all 10 of us go to that bank to try to get our dollars out, there's never going to be enough money in that bank ever. Which is kind of funny on this, like everything that's going on right now with the banking system. Like, what did we expect? There's never, there's never going to be enough money. And by the way, the same Federal Reserve that created, you know, the inflation problems by out of control money printing for the last, you know, 20 years, but really the last 10, but really the last three, and then blow up interest rates, which creates the squeeze on these banks, because they're in long term bonds that, of course, when you know, a bond that you bought three years ago for three and a half or 4% that that now is trading for seven, of course, you're gonna have to write it down to sell it. Why would anybody buy your bond at, you know, three and a half percent maturity, when it's seven, but it's the same system that was like, kind of not a gold and silver tangent, but it's all tied together. The challenge with gold and silver is we just don't know when that's going to happen because everything's being artificially priced and suppressed. And I think, I actually think that central banks want that to, I think they're part of what, you know, who's doing it. 
because I think central banks are actually collecting gold and silver every chance they get. Because if there ever is, you know, when you look at the International Monetary Fund and you look at these um, other countries that are vying for, you know, taking the centralized currency away from the dollar, it's already happening. When you look at, um, I think it's, I think it's 70% of all the trade that Russia did last year was denominated in Chinese currency, not US. Um, and then, you know, some of this stuff like with Ukraine and Russia too, like I don't want to get too tinfoil hatty here, but sometimes I wonder if it's all intertwined. Like to actually push more of a centralized, globalized system. And I think part of the US wants that and I think part of the US doesn't. And I don't know who the character and players are because they're all just playing against each other. So anyway, back to gold and silver. I'd have a really hard time of putting, you know, a major amount of my net worth into gold and silver, but the day that it the day that it takes off, I'm going to wish I had. But it's kind of like, you know, 10, 15, 20%, sure, all day every day. Um and the only way only time I sell is if I have a better place for it. So that's probably the real question that we need to, you know, talk about because it's it's kind of like life insurance in my opinion or insurance in general. You're going to have it, you're going to set it you know, you can use it as your own bank, you can use it to finance real estate, all the above. But I don't know that it's a great investment at the end of the day, um, ever, life insurance, or gold and silver until until it is right. You know, as prices are going up, would you sell or would I sell? What else are you going to do with that money? And what's your spread? Because, you know, if if you invested 100k in gold, and now it's worth 150, maybe you sell the 50. Maybe take your profits off the table and and keep your reserve, uh, whatever that amount was. And there's a million different ways to skin this cat. But you know, if you came to me and said, "Hey, Mike, I want to invest a hundred thousand dollars in this business, and I have gold that I bought that was you know fifty thousand that's worth a hundred now. Should I sell it?" Then my question is going to be, "Well, you know, what kind of margin are you going to make on that business? Um, and you know, can you make enough money in twelve to eighteen to twenty four months to replenish your gold supply?" What are you going to do with it if you sell? What are you going to do with it if you take the chips off the table? Because for me, gold and silver is a long-term insurance play. And at some point in time, it's going to make me rich. But in between, I'm buying and selling as you know things come along. And I mean, I'm sitting on some gold right now that I was literally considering selling since we're talking about this. Because I'm like, you know, what number does it have to get to for me to take my chips off the table and still feel comfortable leaving a certain amount in gold? But that's kind of how I think about Bitcoin and, and all the above too. Although they're completely different, I think gold and silver, you know, I'll probably always have eight, 10, 12% of my portfolio in it. I don't look at gold, you know, rising like a stock and then, and then, you know, selling because I made a bunch of money because I'm just going to want to buy more of it. So that's kind of how I think about gold. But man, if you could put a hundred K into it and turn it into two and, and, and time it right and take your chips off the table and, and always keep a hundred K in gold or whatever your number is. Like, I think that's the way to think about it, man. Whenever Whenever they start auditing and and people start just like a run on the bank, when there's a run on, you know, the e, the gold ETFs or um, or certain countries are asking for their gold back from, you know, other countries that are supposed to have it in storage or even some of these vaults that, you know, people speculate around. I don't think it's tinfoil hat. I think gold is leveraged just like the banking system is. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.